Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Time. Hello and welcome to Extra Time. I'm Barry Guy. The Black Caps squad has been named to compete at the World Cup in England, which starts at the end of May. No major surprises, with the exception of Wellington's Tom Blundell, who is the only specialist keeper in the 15-man squad. A couple of all-rounders, Colin de Grundholm and Jimmy Neesham, and East Sodi gets the second spinner's spot uh, alongside Mitchell Santner. I'm joined uh, today by sports editor Stephen Hewson and sports reporter Brenton Van Nisselrooy. Stephen, start with you. Um, what were your thoughts on Blundell getting the wicketkeeper's role ahead of Tim Seifert? Yeah, I suppose that was a, a wee bit of a surprise there being talked about, but um, I think the selectors have gone for Blundell simply because of his better keeping skills. They've decided that Tim Seifert's keeping wasn't up to, to the scratch uh, in the sense that uh, that he needed to be at the very best, or one of the, the top keepers. They gave him that run during the summer in the one-day games, and obviously he didn't reach the, the benchmark that they, they were looking for. I mean, Blundell, he's never played a one-day game at all, which, I mean, is a surprise. Um, he's played a couple of test matches. He's played uh, three T20 games. Uh, people from post probably remember he scored a century on debut at the Basin Reserve, um, his home ground, and then he walked home in his cricket whites afterwards in that game. He was so chuffed, as, as he should be. Um but yeah, no one-day games, and he's still coming in at uh, uh, to, to the World Cup. The thing is, he may not actually get get a run. I mean, you, you're talking about uh, you've got Tom Latham's going to be carrying the gloves, but if Tom Latham gets injured, um, you know, he's then out for a couple of games, uh, and someone like uh, and Blundell's obviously going to have to come in. And they see, as far as the select, the selectors are concerned, a swapping of a like-for-like batting position. So, uh, yeah, but a bit of a, a, a surprise, uh, given that they haven't given him a run in, in the one-day game, but uh, obviously they've gone for specialist keeping as opposed to um, Seifert, who uh, they've decided is, is keeping is not quite at the same level as Blundell's. Uh, yeah, um, Brenton, I suppose we talked about is Blundell actually going to play, but what about in the batting line? I appear someone's uh, going to miss out there. What do, what do you sort of see the mix um, in the top order? Well, firstly with Seifert, I think the selectors have got this wrong um, from the point of view of, yes, he's a better keeper, completely understand that, but I feel if Tom Latham goes down, you can always call someone in if it is a serious injury from outside the squad. And Seifert, for me, with his top order batting, uh, is really the only one, apart from Colin Munro, who can provide that quick start, which I think the Black Caps simply have to have at the top of the order. So that's where I think they've actually made a mistake here, not including... Tim Seifert in the 15-man squad. Uh, Tom Blundell isn't a player who can produce that kind of strike rate, is more of a middle-to-lower-order batsman if he does come into the side. So I think that the Black Cats would lose a significant amount if they do bring Tom Blundell in to a, a side and 
just replace Tom Latham in that middle to lower order when they could bring in someone like a, a Seifert, then move Henry Nichols down to the middle order because that seems to be the way the selectors are going. Henry Nichols uh, opening the batting with Martin Guptill, which I think is not the right way to go again. I think you've got to have Colin Munro there. Yes, his record has been pretty average for the Black Caps, averaging about 23 or 24, I think it is, with the bat and one-day cricket. But the potential is there, and I think uh, for the Black Caps to be successful at the tournament, they have to get off to a hot start um, because that's pretty much what every other team is going to be doing. And with Henry Nichols and Martin Guptill there, I'm not sure if they'll be able to do that come England. Yeah, I think what Brenton's pointed out is simply that the tactics that the Black Caps are going to be playing. They've decided that pretty much that hot start's not what they're going to mm. be doing. They've almost given up, not or given up on it. I mean, you, you haven't got McCullum there, obviously, and you've got Guptill, who's obviously going to go from the start. But they've decided that Munro's not not quite there. Maybe maybe they'll give him a crack, see how he goes, mm. and if he can come off, great. But but the general process is going to be Nichols and and Guptill, and they've decided therefore that that's going to be the approach. Which is, and I think I agree with Brenton that the team. I'm not sure that's going to win you the tournament. You, you, you're you're going to be there or thereabouts, maybe sneak into the semis. But it's not going to win you the tournament. And uh, you'd know better than me the, the conditions. Would, would that does that uh, play a part in you know the the opening over there? Perhaps um, I, I don't think so. I think teams are still going to go for it from the from the outset. And the wickets and and one day wickets around the world generally are reasonably standard. The, the English wickets. Will, I don't think you'll get a huge amount of seam or assistance. It's not you're not talking Test match conditions. You're also talking there's a few smaller grounds there as well, um, but. Yeah, I mean, they'll be good batting wickets. You're going, to, you're going to be looking at 300 plus to, to be competitive when it comes to, to setting a total. Yeah, and 400 even, because yeah. uh, the recent series we've had over in England uh, have been 400 plus kind of scores. Uh, England adopted their style of cricket from the Black Caps in that series post uh, Cricket World Cup. And since then, they've been the, the leaders of one day cricket. And yes, yeah, so many of their matches have been 400 plus. And so that's why I think the Black Caps simply have to play at the style if there to be a chance come June, July. And getting off to a good start. I mean, this is one of those tournaments you could say actually is a world tournament because you get to play everyone. It's a, a, unlike previous competitions where you were pools and, and the likes and there was a Super 6. This is a 10 teams round robin, so you get to play everyone. And New Zealand starts off against, well, you wouldn't say they were light, but you've got a good chance of winning your first few. Sri Lanka, who haven't been perhaps in the greatest form recently, Bangladesh and Afghanistan, although Afghanistan, they do have that 20-year-old spinner Rashid Khan that impressed in the mm. T20 competition. And, and you, you, you diss Sri Lanka, but they just beat South Africa in a test yeah, series yeah, at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I understand, uh, having read that, um, you know, that game against uh, Afghanistan is at Taunton, which has been quite spin-friendly in recent Because mm. th- So there are opportunities that you would think, if there is anyone lighter those three, but then there's opportunities to slip up also before you even get to the big guns like um, India, South Africa, the West Indies, Pakistan, Australia and England. So, man, you look at that and that's, you really have to win the first three for a start, you know, before you even get into the big ones um, because it's only the top four that make the the semi-finals. Yeah, what you've pointed out is basically they're all banana skin games, aren't they? Those teams, they're going to destroy somebody's final four chances along the way. So, yeah. um, 
and quite possibly it could be New Zealand. And we've got to remember as well, Bangladesh beat New Zealand and England at the Champions Trophy a couple of years ago. So while they didn't look too crash hot and Sri Lanka have been really a shadow of their former selves, they certainly could do something in one-day cricket in Afghanistan too. So we will know halfway through round robin where New Zealand sits and whether they can make the semi-finals. But I think it's going to come down to those last two, Australia and England, in round-robin play to decide whether the Black Cats make the final four. And Australia, you know, they've just performed well. And, They're back. Uh, yeah, yeah, Pakistan definitely. and India, you know, they just, you know, we thought perhaps they were down and out a year or two ago, but um, it, it's not the case. Well, no one wins series in India. I think it's the, the first one-day series win for anyone in India for, for a decade. And uh, Australia, who had won, what, four of 26 one-dayers, now winning, what, eight in a row. Um, yeah, they're, they're certainly one of the top three now for me. England, India, Australia. And then really that fourth spot is completely up for grabs and the Black Caps probably leading the pack. I suppose the other point we can bring up is, is spinners. We've got Sodi in there um, ahead of Todd Astle. Obviously a bit of debate went on around that. There was talk that Kane Williamson wanted Sodi and that uh, Gary Stead wanted uh, Todd Astle. Uh, well, I, I suppose the approach, it, it's, it, it signals the approach in the sense that Kane Williamson is obviously happy to go for a few more runs, but you're going to have a Sodi who, who could take your key wickets at crucial times. You might go for a few more runs, but he's a wicket taker as opposed to Todd Astle, who's containing and keeping the run rate down. Uh, I think possibly the best way to go, if they're actually going to crack that top four, they need a point of difference because, as we've just discussed, the batting's not really going to provide them that point of difference. Um, and they need something to hang their head on, and maybe it, it's Sodi, even though he might go for you know 40 or 5 or something, he'll take maybe three wickets in, in that process, and that's, I think, what they're, what they're banking on. Unlucky for Todd Astle, um, but that was signalled, I think, over the summer because when he did play, Kane Williamson didn't give him much of a crack at the bowling crease. Uh, I think he possibly bowled his 10 overs once in about the, the five, four or five one-days that he played. Um, so that was obviously the, the most, I think, contentious point and when it came to, to the bowling lineup. So a, a strong and experienced New Zealand uh, cricket side that will go after that uh, World Cup. It starts at the uh, end of May. And talking about experience, uh, the rowing uh, squad for the year was announced this week. And we've got 40-year-old Mahi Drysdale and also Hamish Bond, who's well into his 30s now, leading um, the positions for possibly the New Zealand eight Later this year, uh, Drysdale uh, did have a crack at trying to get into the single skull seat again, but that went to Robbie Manson and Hamish Bond's return from uh, cycling after a couple of years there. He won a Commonwealth Games bronze medal, and uh, but he's decided to, to go back. I, I do wonder, perhaps, uh, Stephen, that uh, was two years in cycling or whatever just a part of his training to prepare for the next Olympics for rowing well, you've you got to think about that perhaps it was in the back of his mind you know the whole time well I think what's possibly happened is he's I mean you've got to admire Hamish Bond firstly but he's realised that he's possibly not going to crack it when it comes to the very top of, of international cycling uh, I suppose he sort of got undone a bit by um, cycling New Zealand not picking him for the um, time, individual time trial at the, at the world champs uh, simply because it's not on the uh, Olympic program. So he offered to fund his own way there. They still said no, um, and he's gone, well, OK, obviously I'm not going to get a crack at going to the Olympics and riding on my bike, um, so I'll head back to, to rowing. I think the interesting thing with Mahi is that this obviously spells the end of his single skulls career because uh, he had talked up how the fact that last year 
when Robbie Manson beat him for the single skulls berth, and he went off and rode in the in, in the four or the quad. Uh, he then didn't get that chance to concentrate on the single skull, and he reckons that sort of undid him in his bid when it came to trying to beat Robbie Manson this time around for the, the single skull. He said that he wanted to row that single skull throughout the year, go to a couple of World Cup events, and if he bombed out there, he said he'd you know he'd give it up, give it up. Uh, he hasn't even got that opportunity. Uh, he talked about going and rowing for Fiji, but obviously there's been a fair bit of talk behind the scenes, and the eight is is where he's going to try and figure along with Hamish Bond. But, yeah, I mean, it, it signals the end of uh, of Mahi Drysdale's single skulls career. And, um, well, you know, all power to Robbie Metz, and he's beaten him t- several times. He's He's got the nod. Um, may, maybe, I don't know, from a personal point of view, maybe rowing New Zealand, I think, could have given him a crack to, to row in those World Cup events, given what he's done for the game. Uh, but, you know, it, it is what it is. He's... Uh, is uh, his time in that single skulls now over, and hopefully, I mean, the eight. You know, New Zealand hasn't had an eight of, of any note for for a couple of or a few decades now, and who knows? Maybe maybe they can resurrect it and imagine that. You know, uh, rowing in the final at uh, Tokyo and uh, among the medals. Who knows? Yes, you mentioned uh, Fiji there, Stephen. Uh, our reporter Ravinda Hunia spoke to him at uh, Lake Karapiro this week after the squads were announced. And in a way, he, he, he sort of just said that perhaps that that was just um, one idea a few months ago. I've thought about it over the the last few weeks, and um, yeah, I guess there's the allure of of uh, getting the big boat going. Um, yeah, I, I kind of decided that. That you know, if, if we were going to do it, I had to sort of go all in. So, yeah, that's it's been quite a change, I guess, for me. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, a pretty exciting challenge. There's been talks floating around of a possible switch to Fiji and, and things like that. So, how did that come about, and was that a viable option for you? Oh, look, that was that was very much a, um, a pie in the sky. You know, it, it was something that was possible, um, but you know, it was only only to get to the World Cups. There was never a. a a talk of, of switching, um, you know, to for the Olympics or World Champs. Um, it was just if if I was blocked from going to the World Cups in the single, you know, there was the option of, of rowing for any country in the world, for that matter. So, you know, that was that was taken way out of context. Um, you know, that wasn't at all my intention. Um, it was just an option on the table with many others, and obviously this was an option as well. And and this is the one I've gone with. So coming from single skull to this team, how does training and preparations change for you? Yeah, well, obviously you've got you know a, a big squad of guys that that you're part of a team, I guess, rather than than being by yourself. Um, you know, the the day to day doesn't change too much. Um, it's just a very different boat. Um, you know, a lot faster. And you know, there's there's some challenges in that. Just got to got to get myself up to speed. Um, obviously now sweep rowing rather than than sculling. So yeah, there's there's um, you know as I say there's, there's a lot of challenges, but um, you know that that's pretty exciting. And how is your body holding up through it all? Um, pretty good so far. Yeah, like uh, you know very much being sensible, I guess. And and um, I'm still doing a lot of work in the single. Um, you know, just while I transition into sweep rowing, I haven't done it. For you know, for 15 years, so um, you know it's, it takes rotation. It takes you know a few different sort of skills. So yeah, just trying to, to slowly ease the body into it. Is there any disappointment to step away from the single skull for you? Oh, you know, there's there's always uh, you know it's, it's been where I've been for for the last 15 years. Um, you know, it's it's not uh, it's not definitely that, that this is the end of it for me, but. Um, 
you know, if if the eight uh, does what what we want it to do, then you know that will become my priority. And um, you know, probably the the only disappointment is is I sort of feel like I haven't got to where I I could have got in the single um, coming back. Um, but you know, I think uh, you know, I've, as I said, I've, I've thought long and hard about this decision, and um, you know, if we can get the eight eight going, um, you know, I won't even have a second thought about about the single. Yeah, Mahe Drysdale speaking to Ravinda Hunia, and I think one man who will no doubt be relieved that Mahe Drysdale has had this change of heart will be Robbie Manson, who of course been uh, involved in a long selection battle with him for the single skull seat. Uh, uh, he's sort of blamed that selection battle for his fifth placing last year. Of course, two back-to-back fifth placings in the men's single scales at World Championships after setting the best time in the world and looking a world beater in the World Cup event. So this year he has no excuses. He simply has to deliver, you think, at the World Championships and win that world title. And I think that would completely end the argument. If things don't go well for Mahe Drysdale in the eight, I think he'll have another crack at the single scales next year. Uh, for the Tokyo Olympics but I think Robbie Manson can end it once and for all if he delivers at the World Championships at Austria and makes that single scale seat his own. Brenton Van Nusselrooy and Stephen Houston, uh, thank you very much for your time today. That's extra time for this week. You can follow us on Twitter at RNZ Sport. I'm Barry Guy. Bye for now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.